What's going on and welcome to episode 81 of the Fuel for Football podcast. I am your host Sanchez Bailey and here we are with another episode. And, you know, we, I guess I'm going to be saying this for the next uh, third, but we're two thirds of the way into the season now. Again, I am acknowledged, oh, or congratulations on, and shout out to all the listeners actually, because, um, yeah, we are at 6,000 listeners now well as of recently so shout out everybody around the world all the places that we have uh, consistent followers etc i'll do a check real soon to see where you know maybe some new countries and cities have uh popped up so i'm really happy about that it's nice to know that the podcast is being appreciated by uh the listeners out there so um Yes, salute to you all. And, yes, yeah, so where was we? So, gosh, we're two-thirds of the way in in the season now. So there's going to be a lot of episodes that are going to be topical. There's going to be lessons that we're looking at from outside, um, you know, in the football world. And then there's going to be things that are just pressing needs that I personally would feel that would be very relevant or maybe from observations. And a combination of those things is is one of the... The reasons why I've chosen this topic today and, you know, today's topic is going to be about bench etiquette, really. You know, um, I've entitled the episode Bench Rules. So these are things that you should be doing on the bench. Now, we're at a time of the season where managers are less likely to risk playing or changing the team up now. So, for instance, if a team is in good form, it's likely that the the manager's going to do everything within their power to keep that team so that they can keep performing and pushing to whatever objectives um, that they have for the club. So what I'm trying to imply is that there's going to be opportunities or scenarios, should I say, where players are not getting the adequate game time and it might not necessarily be because of ability, so to speak, or maybe your current form. It might just very much be the fact that you want to maintain the the routine. You want to maintain the winning mentality. And so less changes are going to be made. So consequently, because of that, there's going to be a lot of players that are not getting the opportunities that they would like and at the crucial part of the season as well, whether we're talking about championships, whether we're talking about playoffs, seasons, etc. Um, the good thing is, well, is it a good thing? But yeah, the good thing is squad rotation is going to be important and it might not necessarily be uh, very prevalent during the starting of games, but it's going to be very important on the like the mid-game rotation. <clears throat> For instance, if there's a striker that's really in form, and you know they might have a injury record or they might be a bit tired, the the manager's going to be, and you've got a game in maybe three four days, the manager's going to be inclined to rest player maybe a midfielder that's important and vital to the team there'll, there'll be um exchanges happening where yes you might not be starting the game but your impact and your your involvement's going to be very essential you know so think about some of the the games that you've watched over this weekend or think about some of the games you've been involved in maybe some of the games that has been surrounding you and your playing interests where maybe some substitutes may have been very pivotal um, for you or potentially against you. 
the substitutions are very key. But it's going to be important for you guys as players to make sure that you are ready so that when opportunities do come, then you're able to, able to take it. Not only to complement the team, but it's also to complement yourself as a player and maybe even be uh, contributing factors to maybe opportunities that may uh, arise towards the end of the season for you or maybe towards the mid-season, depending on where you are. So I'm very aware that some seasons are coming back from winter break, some seasons are um, on a break, some seasons are done, some seasons in pre-season and then now we're towards the last leg of, uh, I guess, Northern European leagues. I think Northern Europe would include England, right? So yes, I've got three steps for for bench etiquette and these are things that will not only just be very empowerful empowering for yourself these are things that are going to be very supportive to the coach maybe to teammates but it also is going to be beneficial to your mentality and your mental prep and then therefore your physical preparation and execution right and these three steps are, are things that need to be applied almost from the moment that you're not involved. The moment that you find out you're not involved are these is, are when these three steps come in handy. And step one is body language. Now, no one wants to hear that they've dropped. No one wants to hear that they're not involved in the team. And, you know, if you go back to my submax episode or maybe my submax episodes, I'm sure I've had a few of them now. Um, one of the things I always encourage is it's okay to be disappointed. You being disappointed that you've been dropped shows that you are competitive, shows that you actually have a drive and a desire to be in the team, shows that you want to make an impact, shows that you're not shy of, of, of combat or war, so to speak, right? These are complementary things that an athlete, or to an athlete, should I say. So the fact that you're disappointed has no implications as to mentality or anything of the sort. However, there's an asterisk there. The asterisk is you cannot let it last. It cannot continue into your training pre-game. Pre it cannot continue into you going back into the changing room, your, your countenance with your teammates and your, your, your manager. It cannot transfer into your body language on the bench. These are going to be things that are not very empowering. It may even prove the, co prove the coach right. So if you then have a body language with your head down, maybe you're cursing, you're swearing, and maybe you're even reducing your effort and you're chatting on the bench, you know, your, your focus is not there, you're thinking about other things, you're engaging in other um, mental processes, you may be proving the coach right as to why you should not be in the team. So body language is going to be important too because then maybe body language, body language is also transferable. If you're shy and hesitant, you could also encourage your teammates to be shy and hesitant, right? If you're disinterested, you could also encourage your other teammates to join in this level of disinterest. And so body language is very key and it needs to be body language that is focused. And what does that even mean? Obviously, you showing that you're watching the game. Body language in terms of your walking, your, uh, your, your countenance on the pitch when you're training, keeping your head up, right? I'm not going to say smile because not everybody smiles, but your body language is definitely how you walk. You know, sometimes people can slow, slowly walk and show that they're disinterested by maybe 
uh, strutting their feet and making their feet kind of glide against the grass, um, walking slow, maybe not jogging when needing to, maybe not warming up adequately, um, and putting in the extra uh, effort, but also like executing the task in, in its full completion. You know, let's just say, you know, the open the gate and closing of the gate, maybe that's done by very half-heartedly, right? That is body language, so to speak. So you, you want to make sure that your body language shows that you are unaffected. Your body language shows that you're unaffected and the body language that you, that you show shows that you're engaged, right? And, the, and, and I would probably recommend maybe watching the next game of football and just maybe noticing that. Watching it on television or whatever the situation is or if, whether you watch it live, watch and notice body language. Body language doesn't always necessarily tell you someone's going to have a bad game, but it shows you where their mind's at, which can be recoverable. So if you do have body language that is not empowering, obviously there is a point where you could um, recover that performance-wise, but there's a lot of other things that will be in your, um, out of your favour, and that may be how coaches may observe that. Maybe the fact that you, you might be okay, but you might dishearten another teammate, for an example. You know, so... Body language goes further than yourself. And especially the fact that you're in a team sport highlights this even further in terms of you still contribute. Your contribution is still important and vital, even in a scenario where you're not involved and, and executing it in, in as simple as demonstrating, uh, I don't like the word positive, as you know, practical, engaging body language. The second step is to visualize your your involvement. When I I've done visualization episodes, so check those out if you wish. But visualizing for me, or not even for me, it's not it's not my personal opinion. But visualization, I personally coach. You want to maximize your senses. Visualization is most effective. So this is a fact when you involve as many senses as you can. So the fact that you're on the bench gives you the actual opportunity of visualizing it with the most hints and templates available. So when I encourage athletes to visualize, they're usually visualizing what it could be like or what it's likely to be like, considering the weather, considering the kits, considering the, the feeling, you know, the crowd, the noise, the texture of the pitch and all of these things here that you are actually able to have um, evidence of, right? So visualizing it, Visualizing your involvement not only allows you to have the, the benefit of being on the bench and seeing the, the, uh, the subjects or the conditions that will go into your visualization and effectively, it also allows you to picture yourself during the game's involvement too. So I would always recommend maybe picturing yourself as the person in your position. Maybe they might be doing some executions that is really uh, complementary to the team. They might be doing some executions that may have, could have been better, right? Maybe if they've done it again, they would probably do another action or maybe decide uh, another execution or form of execution. So instead of you watching and maybe criticizing the player in your head thinking, I could have done better, stimulate your mind, visualize your involvement. Picture yourself doing something in that instance. And this is always usually great to do, especially when there's like a, 
a stoppage as well. So, you know, if he was watching television and there's a stoppage or a, a shot that just had, and that's just transpired, should I say, and then there's a replay that shows that actual moment that happened, that could be like your opportunity to visualise your, your impact instead, if that makes sense. So visualising your involvement um, is great for you when you are on the bench. You're turning this unfortunate experience to benefit you because you have all the stimulants in front of you. That's one. The other part of um, being on the bench and visualising your, your involvement is that you're able to see what the team is bringing to the table. You're able to see someone else in your position executing <coughs> their skill level, whether it's complementary to the team or not. And you are able to kind of see how you could be involved. Picture yourself responding to maybe a counter-attack. Picture yourself responding to a press. Picture yourself result, uh, responding or being involved in high-level possession. Picture yourself maybe um, executing different range of passing. And you're able to do that with the context of the kit, with the context of the, the pitch texture, with the context of the weather, with the context of the crowd. The context of your teammates talking and speaking to you, the coach in your ear, and all the other things that you may hear, right? The context of the, the football, so to speak, right? You're able to have a lot more content or context, should I say, when you are visualising your involvement on the pitch, off the bench. And this allows you to kind of stimulate your, your mind, stimulate muscle memory, which can complement your output. And finally, the next part in terms of uh, bench rules is for you to identify the areas to take advantage of. I don't like the word, but let me just rephrase this. Identify the weaknesses of the team. So what, what, could you, what are the things that could be taken advantage of? So for an example, they might have a high line, slower defenders. Maybe one of the things that you could take advantage of is your speed, for example. Maybe they're not really handling... Uh, passes in between lines very well. So between the fullback and the centre-back. Maybe that's something that you're going to exploit. Maybe the goalkeeper has been struggling with uh, catching the ball all day. So maybe you're going to be putting some balls into the box. And uh, maybe challenging their ability to hesitate or actually come out for um, a, a catch or, or a punch or whatever the situation may be. Maybe you might be taking advantage of your strength um, against the, the, the attacker's strength. So maybe you're able, you're able to be a bit more physical, maybe be a little bit more man-to-man because you can, have, you can take advantage of your strength, your superiority in strength, right? The aim is for you to be able to identify the areas that you can take advantage of, you in particularly. And guess what? You've been visualising those areas as well. Your body language is ready to make an impact. And these are things that can really complement you in your pursuit in terms of responding and being an impact off the bench. And for those that are not getting the game time, another thing to also consider is it's okay to be disappointed, but it's important to not let that last. It's important to let it go. You know, now you've got so many other things to focus on now. It's your body language. Now you've got to focus on your, your, um, your involvement, visualisation, and focus on you being analytical and identifying areas to take um, advantage of. So yes, you're uh, disappointed, but then there's a whole horizon, there's a whole criteria that now needs to be fulfilled for you to then have the best possible impact, whether you come on or not, because... These things can also be very complementary to the next opportunities that may be coming up to. All right. And supportive to the teammates that may be coming on.
So I hope that helps everybody. And, you know, it's a time of the season where sometimes you may be unfairly left out of the squad. But this is the point and the time where you need to now reassure yourself and remind yourself that, you know, sometimes managers are less likely to, to make risks and changes. But you can make sure that you're conditioned and can have that element of control to make sure that you're ready for when you are called upon. All right, hope that helps. All the best, guys. And as always, on to the next week. Take care now.